So on a Zoom with me is uh, someone that we really want to talk to, talk to and uh, about because one of the videos that he directed has gone incredibly massive. We've recently started playing it on Jack Rand FM because I asked very nicely. But his name is Carl White <laughs> and he is a director. He was a TV presenter. He was in the industry for a long time, left the industry, and now he's back but behind the camera. Hi, Kyle. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I appreciate it. I'm really stoked to speak to you. Okay, I want to talk a little bit first about um, you were a TV presenter back in the day. That is correct, yes. Yeah, back in the day when, you know, so I grew up in a small town in the Eastern Cape. If anyone knows the Eastern Cape, uh, there's a town called Kenton-on-Sea. If you don't know where that is, um, it's about half an hour to 45 minutes away from Port Elizabeth. So I, I grew up in Kenton-on-Sea and I always wanted to be a TV presenter ever since Colin Moss did uh, Idol South Africa. I always wanted to be a TV presenter. So, um, you know, uh, when I was a kid growing up from like 13 years old, I found myself a little microphone and a speaker and I would practice links in my, uh, in my, in my parents' home. Anyways, um, after school, I kind of pursued that and moved up to Johannesburg and uh, with, the, with the goal of becoming a TV presenter. And uh, after doing loads and loads of casting calls as it goes, um, I managed to 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 get get a couple of shows uh, under my belt as a TV presenter, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And what happened? Why are you no longer a TV presenter? Because some of us we never leave. Yeah. So you know, um, you know, when you're in the entertainment industry, when you're on a TV show, whether it be uh, whether you're, you're an actor, you're um, a TV presenter, a radio personality like yourself, you know, when a show comes to an end for whatever reason, you're not necessarily guaranteed another show to follow onto to just fall into. So that's kind of what happened to me after doing uh, my last stint on TV when I was like twenty. Two around there, um, I, you know, did what any other um, uh, person would do in this industry, and I went on loads of casting calls again. And after some time, I just got into a position where I couldn't support myself financially anymore, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I couldn't just go to casting calls all the time. So I picked up a job at um, at a, you know, it's it's not a bad industry. It's just not the industry I wanted to be in. Um, I ended up working at a call center for a while. So, so that's why I came to an end uh, so suddenly. Yeah. Wow. Wow, dude. You know, like I just, I love hearing stories like this because I need to hear them some days. I've been in this industry since I was six and I've done everything from kids, mm. kids to kids TV, into radio, onto TV, into radio. And I just, mm. I, it, it's good for me to hear this because there are days where you just like, Ugh, you know what? I wish I did something else. And then you hear yeah. how badly someone wanted it and you go, no, you know what? Actually, you're really, really blessed and you should just be really grateful because yeah. you're right. Yeah. It is difficult. It's a, it's a really difficult industry. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, you know, especially when you're going to casting calls to get, to get a TV show or a radio show, show or a sitcom, um, you, you, you end up being hard on yourself because you are – you are your own product. So if, if you're not getting the gig, whatever that gig may be, yeah. um, you know, it can weigh heavy on your shoulders. So it, it, it did for me. But, you know, when I went to the, the call center and started working there, um, obviously it's not the industry I wanted to be in, but I always 
I always knew I would go back to, to the entertainment industry when the time was right. I just uh, had to keep my head in the game. So I want to talk about that because a lot of us that, that are in the industry when we're young and then we leave and we go do something else, we just continue with the something else. I mean, I have friends who've been mm. in the industry that are now marketing managers or doctors yeah. or speech therapists. You came back and you, you said you were going to come back and you actually came back. Can you tell me a little bit about the journey between the call center and back into the industry? So while I was working at the call center, I kind of fell into filmmaking through YouTube. So I ended up watching some filmmaking tutorials, some editing and color grading tutorials, and it really interested me. So what, did I, what I ended up doing is over a couple of months of working at the call center and getting my finances kind of in order, mm. um, I, I saved a little bit of money month after month. And after nearly a year... I was in a position where I could actually buy myself an entry-level DSLR camera. And then what I did from there is I started filming anything, everything and anything I could film, from, from bras to birthdays um, to, to videos with no subjects. So in other words, no people, just um, abstract things. And uh, I eventually started filming music videos absolutely for free until I got good enough where I could actually charge for my work. And then in short, I basically left my job at the call center and I started my, my own production company and I haven't looked back since it's been about nine years now. Wow. Wow. You are yeah. the whole epitome of that person that dreams it and then does it. And I've seen, I've seen some of your work and I have friends that you work with quite regularly. And oh, wow. it's, so, it's so weird for me that you didn't study this, that you all self-taught. Like, it's insane. Mm. You see, like the thing is, you know what, there's a couple of industries the world over where you don't necessarily have to have the finances to, to go and study further on. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's a great thing. It depends what you're doing. But a lot of these things, um, a, a lot of industries, like filmmaking, as an example, you can learn these things, um, the techniques and the skills through free sources. You don't even have to pay. All you need is a computer and an internet connection, and you can teach yourself. So, and the thing is also, if, if, you, if you love what it is that you're doing, that you're trying to learn about, um, you will actually want to study. Um, so yeah. I yeah. love this. I love this. And I, I love that you, you are so open about that. Like go and teach yourself, go and learn, go and upskill yourself. And you don't need any money to do that. You just, you just yeah. need a, an internet connection. And from there yeah. you've become one of the biggest names in the South African music video industry. You are directing music videos for everyone and they're all amazing tell me how thank you so much uh, <laughs> you, you know what you know when people say say that to me i've got i've got what's called like imposter syndrome so like i feel like i heard it on the podcast last week and it's just kind of stuck with me because i feel like that I, I have this imposter syndrome quite often and essentially what imposter syndrome is is when when you're doing something for so long and, and to the outside world, you're, you're getting good at it and you're getting recognized, you almost feel like you, um, you don't deserve yeah. the accolade or, or 
It keeps you humble. Yeah, it does. It keeps you humble. It keeps you humble. I want to talk to you about the Jerusalem video because yes, that has gone worldwide. It's like the most Shazam song in the whole world. It's massive, and you directed the video, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I can't. You know, the thing is, I've worked with uh, that specific record label that um, that is under that Master KG is under for for years now. Um, they're great clients of mine and I do so many videos for them. And last year when we filmed the music video, like I knew it was a banger. I knew it was a great song, but I had no idea it was going to become this massive. So a couple of months back when my wife said to me, uh, Kyle, uh, you know, TikTok. Um, well, yeah, there's a hashtag going around the Jerusalem dance challenge. <laughs> I had no idea how huge this was going. Um, and then, then when I was, when I searched the hashtag, I saw a whole bunch of people in Europe dancing to the song, uh, do, uh, doing, doing the dance, um, which was really quite amazing. Hey? Um, and the thing is that song was released first in South Africa and it did well, but it never got picked up in the same way that it got picked up in Europe. And now it's, it's back in South Africa. So it just, it, you know what I love about the, the song and the dance is it just, um, it, it transcends all cultures, cultures, races and creed. And, and it just unifies people through music. I mean, these people in Europe and in America and in Australia, they, they don't even know what the words are saying unless they do the research, but it's just, there's something about music that really brings people together. And I just think it's, it's just, it's, I mean, you know, it's just done so, so fantastically well. So obviously it's changed Master KG's life, but has it changed yours yeah. in a little way? Well, um, I, I guess in terms of the amount of messages I get on like Instagram, yeah, sure. And the amount of emails, um, it's definitely picked up. Like I can definitely sense that for the last uh, couple months. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's certainly done more for Master KG's career than mine. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a brilliant song from uh, Master KG and Norm Table that's that have made Jerusalem or what it is. It's, it's not necessarily the video. It's, it's them and the music that they've put together. So, you know, I can only take so much, so many accolades. <laughs> You're the, the most humble person. Okay. But obviously like you, so say I'm an artist, right? And so I come to you and I yeah. have this Jerusalem song. How does it work? Do we sit, do we talk about like what ideas I have? Do you come with ideas? Like how, how do you mm. flow it into this, this massive thing? Okay, so it works uh, different ways for, for every project. Sometimes cli clients come to me and they have an exact idea of what they want. And they'll even provide me with video references of music videos that already exist that we can kind of draw inspiration from. And sometimes the client just gives me carte blanche and they go, you know, here's the song. What can we do? What, what can we do for us? And then I will obviously, you know, give them as much input as they, as they need to make it work. Um, so yeah, it depends who the client is. Sometimes they come in, they know exactly what they want. Um, and then I will obviously as the director, my job, whether they have the complete idea or concept in mind or, or they don't have a clue of what they want to do. It is my job as the director from the pre-production stage before you even start filming to kind of guide it along and to shape it and to mold it um, into a look and feel music video that we can both be proud of. 
I have one more question for you before I go to my, yes, ma'am. my next Zoom. Um, in this world, right, you have all of the brains at this point and you're going to help us be better at our social media. In this world that we're living in now, everyone's online and everything's online and everyone's kind of directing their own Instagram TV, YouTube, ExoTV, whatever mm-hmm. videos. What is mm-hmm. the one thing that we should upskill ourselves in, in order to make our videos pop? Okay, cool. So I would say three things. So the first and foremost, make sure that you've got good sound, whether it's you can, you, you have a lapel, a shotgun mic, or you're just using the microphone on your cell phone. Just make sure that you have good sound and um, make sure you're not in a noisy environment because if you're in a noisy environment and you don't have good sound, people can't, Uh, pay attention to what it is that you're trying to get across okay they don't want to be distracted by outside noise or even bad sound and i would say secondly make sure that you've got good lighting so if you're in a room let's say hypothetically you're in your bedroom don't record it with just your um your side lamp on open up the curtains get some natural light onto your face then i would say thirdly um i would say setting is very important so if you can get get a good sound from that setting like if it's outside make sure it's got a nice backdrop to a certain degree um if you're in your house try not film with a blank wall behind you try and have something interesting in the background whether it's pictures paintings um or or it could even be what we call in filmmaking practical light so you could let's say for example you're in your bedroom again and you put on your side lamps but not to light up your face but to light up the background do things like that try and make it interesting for people to watch um but i would say first and foremost definitely sound make sure you have good sound and you can get great sound with your uh with your cell phone i just did a massive music video now in cape town uh, this past weekend and to record my sound, there's only a little intro piece before the, the actual music video starts. I have this little like storyline piece as an intro to the music video. And to record the sound, I just used my iPhone and wow. it came out perfectly. Um, so yeah, good sound, lighting and setting. That, those are the three things for me. Kyle White, thank you. You are teaching us how to be better at everything we do. Um, <laughs> Come on. I'm going to go and put some things on my blank wall now because now I'm looking at my blank wall and I'm like, okay. Sure. Uh, oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle says no. So, so no, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. And it was so nice being on your show. Thank you so much. It's quite nerve-wracking um, you know, doing things like this for me. I'm used to being behind the camera. That was one of the things I love from going in front of the camera to behind the camera is, is that I, I, I didn't have to be under so much pressure of, of looking and sounding somewhat decent you know what i mean well i feel like i don't know how you look this is a zoom call so like much like myself you could look like you've just rolled out of bed it doesn't matter well, you sound amazing though <laughs> you see i told you first and foremost make sure you got the sound <laughs> <laughs> awesome carl thank you so much for your time and have a lucky day oh, you too man cheers uh.